surprise, surprise, little beasties. You didn't expect to see us this week, did you? Well, we have a surprise for you in the long run as well. We are changing the format. <laughs> Something <laughs> yeah, yeah. no one ever wants to hear on a podcast more than once, right? Uh-uh. Yeah, well, and and this doesn't even account for the fact that we're not just changing the format, but we're also changing the style in which we're recording um, the podcast pretty much from episode to episode now. So. <laughs> yeah. So our definition of changing the format, no, not what we talk about. It's not going to change. It's not the subject matter is going to change. Uh, we're just going to be here three times a month now instead of two times a month. And eventually we will move up to that four times a month slot. Uh, and we're, we're, we're also adding this, this particular episode to a different format than the other two. Um, I thought we so were do- that, that... doing the tips and tools today. The oh, one... we're doing tips and tools today? Yes. Holy cow, I thought we were doing a quote today. <laughs> no. But we might as well explain what that episode is. So next week – actually, before we go into that, just to clarify the schedule, we're not going to be going first of the month, middle of the month anymore. It's just going to be by weeks. So first week is going to be the, art, the artist study when we pick a creator and we break them down, what we've been doing all along. Second one is this episode, which is the tips and tools. We break down what we learned in the episode before, any things that we've found uh, tool-wise or tips or techniques um, that we can break down in these episodes that will be in these episodes. The third episode, which Am, which, uh, Am, which Lamb just <laughs> alluded to, uh, I am a little bit off today, guys, so sorry about that. My headphones are echoing, can't figure out why, so I hear three of me, so I might be a little off today. But the third format, the third week format will be, we're kind of calling it the inspiration episode. Basically, Lamb and I are both going to find a quote from something that's uh, bringing value to us, that's inspiring us. We're going to bring that to you in the third episode, and then we're going to break it down together, Um, what he's getting out of it, and then it'll be the first time I hear what he brings, so I'll give my input, and then vice versa. And then we'll take a week off, and then we'll start again. And when we go up to four times a month, that fourth slot will be filled with interviews. So we're bringing you guys more. Um, I hope you guys are as excited as we are, because... Lam and I have been talking about this. We're, we're really into podcasting right now. Yeah, I'm super excited at the fact that I totally got the wrong format for this episode. I've been doing research on Fyodor Dostoevsky for a week for this episode. Well, now you so know. Now, so now, I mean, I guess we should have talked about that before we started recording, but <laughs> uh, it is what it is. Yeah, it's we've always time. done things on the on the fly on this show anyway, so... Well, it's not like I'm not – I mean on the tips and tactics uh, and apps episode, I'm, I'm always ready for that anyway because I'm always using this stuff. So that's that's easy to flow into either way. And one that I really wanted to get into today, which is something that you wouldn't even have to prepare for because we've lived it. My idea for today was um, something that we've kind of hinted at before but we've never really stepped into, which is talking about the journey of this podcast in the sense of – what tools we've used, what has worked for us, what hasn't worked for us. Um, I guess in some way we would talk about what we're using now, which is still in flux a little bit. Um, and also I would like to go into now that both of us are are working on solo podcasts, how that journey has gone from what we learned from doing this into our solo, how it's different, um, what tools we use that are different, stuff like that. 
So I, I think that'll be a fun one. Sure. And uh, but it, it, before we go into that, there, let's go into other stuff. If you have other stuff that you want to bring in, let's do some. Uh, let's do some short form stuff at the beginning. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just been the the the, the interesting journey of writing something to be read um, as well. So I mean, that's I, I'm assuming that that goes into our discussion concerning the podcast itself, but. Um, short form stuff. Um, I don't know. Why don't you start on that one? I'm kind of digging through my own brain on that one a little bit. Okay. Well, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I figured I'd save it for this show because it was, it relates to one of our previous subjects. And like I've always said, when we find stuff about these artists that we've studied in the past or creators that we've studied in the past, we find more stuff about them or something new. We're going to keep bringing that back to you. And, uh, you guys are going to find that in these second, um, whatever you want to call these, these, um, tips and tricks episodes. Um, I've watched the Nick cave documentary one more time mm-hmm. with feeling. Yeah. Wow. That's all I have to say. Um, at first I'll say this, uh, the, the filming seems the, the, the cinematography seems kind of weird. It goes in and out of focus. It wasn't until like 20 minutes into the movie. I think that I found out the reason for that is because the whole thing was filmed on a 3d camera. Oh, huh. So I, I'm not a big 3D movie person, but there are certain things that happen with this camera. Like they make the camera seem like it goes through walls. That makes me think that if I was watching this on 3D, it probably would have been even more incredible. I wonder why the creative choice was made to do 3D. Because Nick Cave doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would who would embrace that kind of technology for for that kind of project. It's odd. I have a feeling that it's um. I can't remember the director's name right now, but I think it's how he pitched it to him. I he see. said, oh, "We want to do, we want to do this." I, I've been trying to use the 3D camera, and he's like, "Okay, sure, let's do it." Uh, there's there's a few points in the documentary for those um, who didn't listen to the Nick Cave episode. You should go back and maybe listen to that before you do this one. It'll probably enrich um, this conversation for you a little bit. Um, but if you don't feel like it, I'll just give you a brief information right now nick cave's son arthur uh died last year or was it a year and a half ago uh, i think it's a year and a half ago now uh he died he fell off of a cliff um while he was out with friends um and nick cave was in the, he'd already written songs for a new album uh but he hadn't really started recording yet so he recorded his last album skeleton tree which is I think my favorite Nick Cave album now. Yeah. And this is the documentary that's journaling that recording process. And uh, there's a point in there where he says in one of the interviews, he's like, it takes about half the movie for him to really get into talking about his son. But he says uh, that something like that happens and it changes you and you find yourself doing things you wouldn't normally do like doing a documentary about this kind of stuff. And the documentary is not about the death of his son. It really is about the recording of an album. So I don't want to lead you guys into uh, thinking something different, but that bleeds into the album. It's a very restrained look in, in like Lam, you and I talked about how um, the sound and, and what's going on in the music of skeleton tree is very restrained and it, and it holds back 
that grief at an arm's length. And that's kind of what makes it good. So the, the documentary kind of fits with that. I would think that you should probably watch it so you can tell people what you think of it. Yeah, I'm probably, I, I, I mean, just because of what's been going on at work lately, I haven't had much time to do much else. Um, but that's definitely on the list of literally the next thing I'm going to watch. Um, that's the one thing that actually really shocked me about Skeleton Tree is how disciplined it felt. Um, and considering, you know, for, for the sake of the Nick Cave episode, we dove deep into Nick Cave's extensive library of music. And although there are uh, commonalities across the board when it comes to, to certain albums or certain eras of his work, I think Skeleton Tree is a weird one because it stands alone in a lot of ways um, in, its, in its simplicity, its discipline, and its focus. And I think that um, if the documentary is anything close to that, then I think it, 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 Nick Cave rarely does anything by accident. So I have a feeling that the, the, the almost subdued feel of the documentary is probably made to coincide with the, the music that's coming from Skeleton Tree as well. I would recommend that everybody go watch it. It's on Amazon. We'll talk about it more once Lamb's seen it. Um, but I just wanted to bring it up, tell you guys to go check it out. Um, our next artist study, we usually announce these, um, we are going to do Bjork, both, uh, Lamb and I have a huge respect for Bjork, so that's going to be a really fun one. So go grab some Bjork albums, listen up, check out some interviews and be ready for that one, which will be in three weeks from today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the few that we've decided on uh, very quickly and very unanimous, unanimously. Every, you know, for anyone who, hasn't, uh, who, who doesn't understand the behind-the-scenes process for us when it comes to choosing subjects for the uh, artist studies, um, it's usually a deliberation process, and we kind of whittle it down from a few that we, we have kicking around in our brains. Um, but Bjork was definitely one where we're both, we both you, you very quickly said, oh, yep, that's the right one. We're doing that. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of operate on feel. Um, we don't really argue, but it's just yeah. kind of like we throw ideas and then all of a sudden there's one that's like, yep, and you yep. just kind of know it. Yep, yep. So uh, Bjork, guys, check out Bjork. Be ready for that one. I think that's going to be a really, really interesting one because – um, not only is it going to bring in her music, but um, the collaborations with – we talked about this briefly before we started recording – with uh, Spike Jones and with Michelle Gondry when she made music videos, which was a huge creative collaboration. that Made some of the best music videos of all time in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. It, it, it brought us – when I first saw Army of Me, um, that was the first uh, one – at least I think it's the first one she did with Gondry – um, it was in the era when music videos were finally taking on a very, very artistic feel. Like I remember, um, just from Radiohead had come out, um, at the time as well. Um, and, and a couple of really cool nine inch nails videos as well, um, with some real artistry and some real, some, some real, some real responsibility when it came to st narrative storytelling in a music video as well. And not just a bunch of dudes standing around in a garage, singing to a microphone, staring at a camera. <laughs> Yeah, I think if you really – that would be an interesting thing to break down at one point is the history of music videos. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, like you said, there was so much of it that was not that. But then you look back, you have Thriller, which was that – which may be the epitome of the creative concept with narrative. Um, anyways, uh, let me look at this list here. Oh, let's do a little shout-out real quick. Um, 
someone who gave us a shout out on Instagram. I want to give you a shout out back. Um, Allison Schneckenberg. Hello. Thank you for listening. And even more so, thank you for sharing. Yeah, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to check her out on Instagram, it's schnacks at S-C-H-N-A-C-K-S. Give her a hello. Uh, and speaking of shout outs, last week, um, Dan Benjamin, who is uh, the mastermind behind 5 by 5 which is a podcast network. Um, he has, I think he has like five or six podcasts that he's doing right now. Um, not to mention the ones that he's hosting as the podcast host. And he's also the creator of our podcast hosting site, Fireside, which we'll get into more when we break this stuff down. But he has a show for any of you budding uh, podcasters. He has a show called The Podcast Method, and you should go check that out. He gives a lot of tips and tricks on equipment, everything, building an audience. Uh, he only does it uh, every few months or whatever when he has something to bring to the table. So it's it's good to go back and just listen to the whole thing almost like it's a audio archive instead of a show. And uh, last week I had asked him a question. He answered the question on the show and probably shouted out my name about 12 times. So Jeez. Thank you, Dan Benjamin. Uh, Lamb, anything from you? Um, on the shout-out side, um, I would like to thank uh, my friend Nikki up in um, Seattle for kind of spreading the word with the podcast. Apparently, she played it at a coffee shop. Um, your, she, she played one of the Murakami, parts of the Murakami episode um, because she was studying Murakami and wrote an essay about him and thought that we had some pretty cool things to say. So that was cool. Um, but other than that, uh, I think on the shout out side, at least that's it for me. And that's, uh, something I wanted to say too, uh, going along the lines with that big shock that, uh, the Murakami episode is by far our most popular episode. Um, and I, I think that if you're a, if you're a podcaster and you're thinking about your topics and you're worried about what's going to have mass appeal and what's not, don't worry about it, because I guarantee you, Lamb and I, we did not go into the Murakami episode thinking that we were going to have twice as many viewers or listeners of that episode than any other, because Murakami is kind of obscure. Yeah, not only that, but the the the, the amount of uh, compliments that I've gotten about the Murakami episode. My friend Nikki, for example, up in Seattle, um, and half her class, uh, she you know she studies at um, University of Washington, and she said that. Um, a lot of our classmates really, really like what we had to say, not just about Murakami, but a few of them went back and listened to some of our other episodes as well. And there's a weird satisfaction, I feel, um, from academics who study this, the, the, this type of subject matter, especially something as dense as Murakami, uh, giving us a little bit of love. Um, it, it makes me feel like we're, we're doing it the right way and we're giving these amazing artists the type of respect and care that they deserve. I feel like that's a, a ground that, is important to cover, you know, because academia is important. You and I are both um, fans of academia, especially when it comes to literature. But then there's, you know, the average person who maybe hasn't gone to college to study literature, hasn't done as much reading. There's there's a gap between those two because academia is focused on academia and and people don't know how to access that. So if we can find, like, I guess you would call it 
middle ground. If we can find a middle ground on the show to just kind of spark some interest in topics and give you guys an entry point, that's really cool because I, it, it, I really believe that um, these creators, knowing more about them, uh, they'll enrich your life. Honestly, though, I think from that perspective, we are the middle ground. Um, you and I, because I think, although we have a great respect for academia, I think both of us are kind of on the outside of the academia academia establishment looking in. Um, I think for, for you know, you went to Bellarmine, I went to, to Homestead. So we inherently grew up in academic environments, but I get the sense that we're both kind of rebels within that environment. Um, and so for me, I know that I as much as I respected a lot of the, the, the work itself, um, a lot of it for me was just looking at what I particularly liked versus what I was told I should like. Um, and I think that, that the episodes that we've done um, are clear indicators of that for, for both you and I. It's not necessarily that we studied things that we figured were, were academic or, or made us... Um, I, 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 I guess the responsibility of, of being smart... Um, and, and appreciating good things and, and, and good literature falls on us um, rather than what we're told, um, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah, we, I, I'm pretty sure if you went back and looked at what I was reading during college, which, by the way, I flunked out of. Uh, <laughs> Same here. I feel you, man. <laughs> um, I was never reading. This is probably why I flunked out. I was never reading what I was supposed to be reading. Same here. I, you and I have probably had very similar paths in higher education because of that. Not to say that I didn't learn a lot. It's, it's funny because in, in, in those years, I actually learned how to learn. Um, and I think that that was probably the most useful thing that I got out of um, academia was not necessarily any particular bit of information, but how to access information and then how to process it with my own mind. Um, so that's, that's very useful. That's, I mean, isn't that reason that they, isn't that the reason that they make every college student take composition because composition teaches you to organize your thoughts and present them in a manner that other people understand it. So I, I think if you were to expand that to what the goal of education is and essentially what academia is, is to teach you how to think or to teach you how to think clearly is probably a better way to say it. Sure. But I do think that one thing that is very much missing from academia um, is teaching people how to remember and teaching people how to build um, narratives that define stories. Well, and maybe that's just my own particular learning process and how I learn things better or easier. Um, but I always, like with history, for example, wanted to construct a narrative that made it so that I was remembering a story and not just facts. Right. Well, I think that, and that also, it all comes down to very specifics of school teacher you know one teacher may be very good at that one might mm -hmm. suck at it one be might be very passionate one might be exhausted <laughs> yeah that's true so uh and, and like you said that's because in 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 the long run a teacher's guide is to well i guess i said it is to guide you <laughs> but your your job is i mean the responsibility is yours um and and that's we're not talking about just people in school i mean in life um, your job to in, enhance uh, your knowledge, to expand your mind, to understand new things, it, nobody's going to do that for you. Um, we're not going to do that for you. That's you. Um, all people can do is hand you tools, hand you uh, sources, um, and maybe spark a little bit of interest, get you a little bit excited, inspire you. 
Um, but ultimately it's you and that's, and that's what's awesome about it because you can make whatever you want of it. You know, a weird kind of way, um, for my friend up in Seattle who shared her, our Murakami episode with her, with her classmates, um, I would actually love it if a bunch of them found, um, an interest in our other subjects like Nick Cave and, and, you know, uh, David Lynch, rather than just being more interested in Murakami, I would just, I, for me, I guess, um, for, for the, the episodes in which we're doing, um, the artists profiles, I, I love the idea of people having a, 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 a you know, that moment of discovery. Cause I remember, you know, when I, I saw a Frida Kahlo painting for the first time, or when I saw um, a David Lynch movie for the first time, I remember that, that, that awe and that reverence that I had within that first, that first viewing. And I, I hope that we can give that to other people as well. Um, especially concerning the, the subjects that we cover. And, and in, a, in a roundabout way that kind of brings us into this whole journey as a podcast. So uh, do you remember exactly when we started the original show? Oh man, I don't. It was, it was a, about it, it was, now, was, right? Yeah. I, I, I figured it was about, Probably February or March. Um, what was that? Twenty fourteen that we started. Holy cow! No, twenty no, fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Jeez, Wait, that still feels no. so long ago. Twenty sixteen. Are Last you sure? Year. It's only been a year. Oh wow! Why does it feel like longer? Because okay. we're old. <laughs> um, but yeah, you... I guess yeah, about a year. I mean, I, I, it feels like because we've done so many episodes that I just assumed that it was longer. And we've, we've explained this a little bit before, but we're going to go into some depth here. Um, the reason the show was originally called Random Badassery is because it was random. Um, our topics went wherever we went. And, I mean, there were chaos. Actually, I think right now I'm going to go back into the archive. I'm going to pull a piece of the first episode if I can find it. If not, I'll find a piece from the oldest episode I have, and I'm going to put it in right here. Huh. Okay. So, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Um, seems like the more I try to get into technology, the less I want to get into technology, so that's kind of where I am now. I as, in, to... as in it frightens you? or Well, as in, like, as in I carry a laptop, an iPad, an iPhone a separate phone for a second business. So I literally have four different devices transmitting at any given time. My location, Bluetooth signals, Wi-Fi connections, just a monstrous amount of RF just running through my body at any given time. So I'm afraid I'm just going to get like some kind of weird techno disease and turn into, I don't know, Akira or something and start eating San Jose. And hopefully you'll be able to see from that how the sound, hopefully the sound's better from that we've learned. <laughs> I was going to say, there's, gonna, there, there's absolutely no promise of that at all. Because there's a possibility that that sound might have sounded better than what we sound like now. And, uh, so, Lamb, do you want to explain how we recorded the first episode? Um, oh, wow. Um, you and I were sitting there staring at each other in your in your room with uh, clipboards and microphones. Um, I with mean, it was pretty earbuds. much as, yeah, with earbuds, it was pretty much as ghetto as you could possibly get. Um, so it's a pretty far cry from where we are now. Like, I mean, Chad and I both have our mini, mini respective recording studios, um, of which I have a, a picture up on our Instagram on my side of what my setup looks like. Um, and I have a feeling that Chad's is pretty similar too, as well. Um, his is probably a little fancier than mine even. Uh, I think that the funniest part about that first episode was, well, 
two things actually. Number one, neither of us had any idea what to expect. So we tried to sit as far away from each other in the room as we could <laughs> so that we wouldn't bleed into each other's microphones. We weren't talking on Skype or anything like that. We weren't even talking on the phone. We were literally both recording into the voice memo app on our individual phones. So we only had one side of the conversation on each end, and I had to sync that up later, which was a nightmare. Um, yeah, you want, you want to talk about your editing process on that? I still am curious about what you did for those first few episodes that, that made oof. them. I mean, because if you, if you go back and listen to those old episodes, which I don't think you can anymore. Um, I think we pulled all of those. Um, but you, you can definitely – there's there's a crispness to them that I think is really interesting considering how they were recorded. There was a lot of, um, I think if I remember correctly, it's, it's been a while guys. Sorry. We've done a lot back with that original show. Um, before we go any further into this, that original show, like I said, was random. It wasn't based on creativity. It was actually kind of tech based almost at first, like I'd say at least 80% of the show. Uh, but that there was so much energy and excitement on both of our parts because we were so ready to start this that the conversation was just chaos and that's we were we weren't censoring ourselves so there was f bombs here there everywhere <laughs> you remember that oh yeah oh yeah absolutely there um so i think i'm pretty sure when we recorded that that we we had enough foresight to clap yes we did so that I could That's sync right. up the claps. Um, otherwise, I have no idea how I would have done that. And going into this, I had the only experience with editing I had was editing vlogs. Yeah. So my original editing software for this podcast was Adobe Premiere. I just used the video editing software that I knew how to use and just worked with only audio files. That's right. I forget that you did that. It wasn't a bad solution. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of. EQing, uh, I mean, there's some, but not obviously comparable um, to even something like GarageBand, which is pretty basic, which is actually what um, I use for my solo show. Um, but I just kind of went in there and I just played with the knobs until it sounded not crappy to me. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I'm not a sound engineer. And uh, I just worked with the tool I knew. So, I mean, if if you guys are going to start something, work with something you know already. And then learn something as you go along. That's what we did. We we failed. I wouldn't say we failed, but we've um, we've fallen. We've tripped. We've messed up a lot in this. And it's been great. Yeah, I mean, the number of changes, um, I, the, not even just that we've made, but that we continue to make um, to the show in order to make it more viable for both of us. Because I think one of the original intentions for the show was to to make it so that we could have the option of, of recording remotely um, from any given location. Because, you know, for, for at least for my purposes, I would like to live, eventually live a nomadic life where I can travel quite a bit and work from pretty much anywhere. So the option to be to, to be able to record from any location is pretty paramount um to me doing anything like this in the future so you know it, pretty much on a week-to-week -week basis or a show-to-show -show basis we're still making changes and still evolving the show into what we think um not just makes the most sense for us creatively but also what makes the most sense for us technically as well right and this this show was originally it's very basic we didn't i honestly i don't know i never asked you this but 
Um, for me, I don't know that I ever expected that anyone would listen. Yeah, I definitely didn't. <laughs> and I think that that's, you know, in almost everything that I've read about podcasts or, or creative project, like creative projects like this in general, um, the less you care, the, the better your, your results are in the long run. Um, and I think that that's definitely true with us is that I think the less we've cared, the better it's turned out. And not, not care when I, I – don't get me wrong. When I say care, I mean um, not care about the show because obviously we work pretty hard on the show and we want it to, to sound really good. I mean if people could only see the lavish notes that we have on, on some of the artist profiles that we've done. Um, when I say care, I mean we, we care less and less about um, focusing on, on getting an audience and just more about the quality of the work itself. And I think that in – both the short run and the long run, it's made both both Chad and I happier about the prospect of doing this, and it's also made the show itself just much, much better. Yeah, I think there was a – the beginning, it was just exciting. Yeah. And for a while, it became almost work. Um, we were doing weeklies originally. Oh, God. Which <laughs> is, is a horrible place to start when you don't know what you're doing, especially for me on the editing end. Having to figure out how to do that stuff and to do it consistently every week – and at the same time, I was editing a vlog every day. Um, it was hardcore. So Jeez, was, I, I still have no idea how you did the vlog at the same time. That is monstrous. <laughs> sure willpower, sheer willpower. Well, let me – actually, that's a great thing to kind of segue into this, actually. I, I always wanted to ask you about that, and it seems to fit the theme of the episode, which is how the heck did you do that every day? I mean, I just think about – um, your, your process, for example, for, for, for doing it, can you walk people through what your video editing podcast or I'm, I'm sorry, your video editing process look like? Sure. I mean, I think in a lot of ways it relates to what we're talking about with the podcast too. Um, not only because at the time I was using the same software, um, with the vlog, I would just bring a camera with me everywhere. Um, and you just, I don't know, like when you start out, you don't know what you're filming. It's the same thing. You know, like I went into the podcast, I went into vlog, neither of which I had anything I, I had any clue about. Um, and you, you know, the, the most important thing is you, you start imitating people. You know, people talk about being original all the time, but number one, there is nothing original in the world. Um, everything is built on the back of somebody else, but we, imitation is an important phase of learning. You find something, you learn everything you can from that. Then you find something else and you learn everything you can from that. And you learn those things by imitating them. And in the time that there's an amalgam that happens, like if you watch my vlogs now, you'll see a little bit of Casey Neistat. You'll see a little bit of Wheezy Waiter. see a little bit of Grace Helbig. All the people that I was looking at when I started, there's a little bit of piece of them came from that. So one of the things that was big that I learned from Casey Neistat was have the camera with you at all times and start looking at the little things that are happening and how you can find a way to put your camera in a place that can capture that because you need those, you know, there's a the talking segments, which um, actually at first I was awful at the talking segments. Um, I would forget to talk to the camera, um, but you want to break up the talking and the action, the talking, the action. That's one of the first notes that I took. Um, yes, I took it a piece of paper and I took notes. Um, so I would just film little things like, oh, I'm going to wash my hands right now. Oh, cool. Let's put the camera right here. Show me turning on the faucet. Let me put the camera here. Show my hands go into the water. Uh, let's put the camera here. Let's just film myself drying my hands. Cool. Now I have a little boom, boom, boom. I know I can cut those three together. 
And so I would just carry the camera with me everywhere, and then I would sit down, and I'd pull all that stuff in. I, I think I did things a little bit different than a lot of these other guys do in the sense that they were using multiple cameras, and that was just too much for me. I needed it all just on one device. I didn't want to have to try to figure out the order. Um, so almost everything that went in my vlogs, at least at first, was filmed chronologically because I didn't mm. want to reorder things. Because I, I felt like I'd get lost. And even even with that process, how long would the editing take you on a day-to-day basis? When I started? Yeah. Uh, eight to nine hours. Holy crap. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. I'm not joking. But, I mean, we're talking about somebody who had no idea how to use the tool he was using. Sure. Um, no idea how to cut to music. No idea how to cut and film a narrative. I knew nothing. So I, it was... Not really eight and eight to nine hours of just editing. It was eight to nine hours of learning. Got it. Um, in the middle phase, I got it down to about four hours. So for, I think for the bulk of those two hundred episodes, I was uh, in about a four-hour editing process. Mm-hmm. Um, near the end, I got down to about two hours. I was really stoked about that. And now, when I edit a vlog, I can usually do it in under an hour. Got it. Is it and and when it comes to the editing, the reason why it's so fast now is it is it because you film differently, I film um, or because you organize differently? Both. Well, not so much organize, but uh, I film differently because uh, you edit enough, and this comes this will come into sound engineering as well. When you do enough editing, uh, when you're doing things, it's in your head already, so you're already editing while you're making it. So when I'm filming, I know okay. If I do this, I do that. Okay, that's a good sequence. I know that all I have to do is go in and I can chop out that section, chop out that section, boom, boom, boom. They all hit together. Um, it's also a little bit faster now because I don't bother putting music into my vlogs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very Casey Neistat thing. It's, it's extraneous for the, some of the stuff I'm doing because um, I'm not riding an electronic skateboard down the street. Um, I'm not moving around a lot. I'm not seeing a lot of cool scenery. So there's not a lot of cool visuals to go with the music. So I try to stick to more just me talking and keep it brief. Um, so that's so part from, of it. So here's the interesting question for, for uh, what I'm trying to get at through all of these questions when it comes to the, the vlog is, um, you know, there are going to be plenty of people out there who are looking to start some kind of creative project. And for, for some people, the easiest place to start is just where their lives naturally fall, and which is the reason why vlogging is something that's that's interesting. Um, the so let me ask you this: why why the decision to go daily, and then why the decision to stop? Uh, I think the original the reason when I first started, my first two episodes were weekly. The reason I went to daily was, I mean, number one, Casey Neistat was doing it, um, and I was watching these, and it just seemed impossible. It seemed like doing that every day was impossible that how could you record that edit it and have it ready in the morning boom here you go new episode every day and i don't know i think it just became a bug in me where it's like that's so impossible that's so impossible and then it became i want to try the impossible sure so i i guess it was just gall (laughs) (laughs) just Just, sheer stubborn determination (laughs) just to see if i could do it Oh, uh, that's that's funny. And I, so, 
So your rebellious nature took over and, and fought against itself, essentially. Like your brain tells you that you can't. Your nature is just like, no, screw that. I'm trying this. Absolutely. And it was the best thing I ever did because I, to this day, anytime I think about doing something creative, I don't doubt myself anymore. I just try it. You right, know, cause you, because you took on the impossible and pulled it off. Right. And I, I, the goal of the vlog was never to be successful, quote unquote. Um, in the eyes of the world, I guess is the way to say it. It was successful to me because my obstacle was to do it, just to be able to do it. And I achieved that. I achieved that for 200 days in a row. I didn't miss a single episode. Um, the only reason I stopped doing daily was because uh, I got bored with it. Sure. Uh, a certain, and Casey Neistat talks about this too when um, – because he stopped doing the vlog for about four or five months, I think. Um, it becomes routine. Uh, and when it becomes routine, it's not fun anymore. Sure. So uh, I, I still do vlogs here here and again. Actually, I just put one up last night. Uh, but the podcast is more my focus right now and the novel, of course. Uh, and I'm using that YouTube, those vlogs or whatever. I'm not even calling them vlogs anymore. But the videos I put up on YouTube in some way I think are just going to be kind of behind the scenes of what's going on with me. And in a lot of ways, I'm sure this podcast is going to come up there a lot, um, both my podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, but the I want to talk about the next step. What do we do after the the earbuds? Do you remember? Oh, by the way, we were watching Willy Wonka on mute the yep, whole time. Yep, we were. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> God, I wish we I wish we had done like some time lapse or, or behind the scenes um photos at the time. The the recording setup was so funny. Oh yeah. Yeah, we, we Gene Wilder just just going crazy in the background. I th that movie is crazy enough with the sound. Um for anyone who hasn't <laughs> seen it without the sound, that is a very, very different experience. <laughs> um and I think after that was so we went to recording in separate locations and I think at first, we just tried with earbuds still, and that was not a great option. Um, and and so we eventually went to laptops and snowballs, I think, was next after that. Right, and Skype. Yeah, and Skype, which is what we're back onto now for a while. We had a brief stint with uh, Ringer. Um, and although Ringer is a great idea, it's still lacking a number of features that, that we really needed to have in order for that to be a viable solution for us. So uh, we are back to good old Skype again. And for those of you who want to do a podcast, uh, this double-ender podcast like this, um, what you do is you get Skype, and then I can't can't remember. There's there's a version of this on Windows that's different. One of yeah. you needs a recording plugin for Skype. Um, I'm using a Mac, so I use uh, Ecamm's Call Recorder. Works great. Basically, it just records the call. Um, I have it set to can't remember what quality I'm I'm saving at. Uh, I'm looking right now in case you guys, because you can't see what I'm doing. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, whatever I'm recording at right now, when I grab it um, and I pull it in, it gives me, well, actually, I don't know what it's going to give me because I'm using GarageBand to edit now. Um, when I was using Premiere, I would grab the file, would pull in, and it would give me LAM and myself as two separate audio tracks. So that I could uh, EQS. Hopefully, it does that when I do this in GarageBand. Um, <laughs> Hopefully. So, uh, going back to the back end on editing, what's really difficult about these um, 
these double enders is if you're recording on one audio track, both of you, and one of you is louder, which usually it's me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just talk louder. Um, The problem with that is obviously you don't want to put it out like that. Nobody wants to listen to huge sound difference. And hopefully you're not talking over each other a lot, so that won't be too much of a problem. But what you have to do if it's one audio track is you literally have to go in and graph the volume for every segment or that everybody's talking. So like right now, if I'm louder, I'd have to go in and lower myself by drawing a line and pulling that down. And then I'd have to make a curve up for when Lamb starts talking so that he can be up. And then when he ends talking, I have to go down and do me. And this is an hour and a half podcast. So that takes a very, very long time. I would probably, I, I mean, I'd go so far as to say that um, equal sound volumes are even more important than sound quality. Um, and for anyone out there who's doing a podcast, as we've discovered, sound quality doesn't necessarily make or break the the, the the listenability of a podcast, but the difference in sound volume definitely can. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you go listen to like some of Tim, Fer- Tim Ferriss's interviews, sometimes the second person's call quality is awful. You mm-hmm. can't even, I mean, it's, it's just, and it's like those um, call-ins on radio shows, but it doesn't matter as long as the people can understand the words. I mean, yeah. if you can do both, definitely do both. Um, that's why Lamb and I are back on the snowballs because even though the earbuds were okay and they were passable, um, passable audio, that rubbing sound was not acceptable, and that's the main reason that we switched back. Yeah, so I guess from a priority perspective for anyone out there who's working on a podcast, priority one is to make sure that your sound levels are even, and priority two is to make sure your sound quality is good. Um, but as long as your sound sound levels are even, I mean, even our some of our, our most successful episodes are some of um, our worst sounding, at least to us anyway. So there's definitely something to be said about that. Yeah, the, the subject matter is always going to be number one. That's why, like, like Lamb says, is just make sure you get to good at least. Yeah. Because if people can't understand you, then this doesn't matter what you're talking about. Yeah, well, it's the nature of the medium. We're talking, so if people can't understand what you're saying, then that defeats the purpose of the medium. <laughs> and just as a guiding point, think about this, guys. When you're listening before you, you know, before you start EQing, just think about not as being a sound engineer. Think about being a person who's just put on earbuds, is going to go for a walk and listen to something. Anything that's going to annoy you while you're walking is going to annoy everybody else. Yeah. So that bristling sound, that, let's see if I can replicate it right now. I don't think I can. <laughs> um, I was somehow doing it before here. Let me, let me try. There it is. That's there it. There we go. That sound, if you can avoid that, <laughs> you're about... I would say you're above 80 to 80% of amateur podcasters, if not 90% of amateur podcasters. And it's, it's funny because now that we've been doing this podcast for so long, you can spot what people are using to record by the, the, the background noise. <laughs> Anytime I hear that scratching sound now, I always, I always think in my mind, yep, they're recording with earbuds. And another thing to keep in mind also, guys, is over-the-ear headphones, superbly important. Because uh, they're going to prevent sound leak. What's sound leak? That means uh, when Lamb is talking, if 
my earphones leak sound out of them, it's going to go into my microphone. So you're going to hear lamb twice, which is not good for audio at all. It sounds like an echo chamber. But by that same token, um, in your situation, like your situation from this morning, also make sure you can hear yourself because otherwise that's real distracting. <laughs> yeah, big problem I'm having with Skype right now is I have these $90 Sony MDR number, 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 whatever they're, 80, 8705 or something like that, um, headphones that I bought. Guess what? I can't hear myself. <laughs> Skype doesn't give you audio feedback or there's a setting I haven't figured out. So I had to open GarageBand and use the monitoring in GarageBand just to hear myself to record this. And for some reason, I'm really echoey. So like I said at the beginning, I'm hearing three of me. Um, and I have one of my headphones half on and half off right now too. So we still haven't perfected it. Um, but if I didn't tell you that, you guys wouldn't have known that. It's not affecting our sound quality. Yeah. And let's see, other tools. Oh, so we went to Skype next. Skype, it, it's great, but we, we we had a problem with Lamb's router a lot. He would cut out. Um, he If you, I think you probably heard it a little bit in the last episode. Um, you get a little robot voice sometimes. Oh, no, it wouldn't have been the last episode. No, yeah, we haven't heard that in a while. Um, but it's all right. If you don't know what I mean by robot voice, you would know it if you heard it. So it's it's just his voice starts. I don't know how to describe it anymore. It starts pixelating, and that's a visual cue. Um, so we had a lot of problems with that. So we would have to. There was a period of time there where the lamb stop, 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 and I'd have to stop him in the middle of a train of thought. Hang up, call him back, and then give him a cue to where he was, and hope that we created a transition. That would happen. I think one time it happened like six times in an episode. Yeah, and in listening back to that episode, I was very proud of how smooth we we. I, I could only really tell one time, um, and if I if I didn't know um, where they were just because I was the one recording with you, I wouldn't have known at all. Like last week's episode, you and I noticed that there's a lot of stuff missing from last week's episode. Everybody out there doesn't know that. Sure. Um, so basically, I know we're jumping around a lot here, but after Skype, we went to Ringer. Um, Ringer is an iPhone app. Um, they do have a desktop version, which we used last week. Didn't turn out so well. It's in beta. It's not their fault. Um, but it's, it's essentially, it's, it's a, it's like Skype in the sense that you, you can call, but it's specifically made for recording and it records each call separately. So Lamb's internet connection is recording his audio and my internet connection is recording my audio Ringer puts the two of them together and then sends the audio file to you with the two of them together. Um, and it worked great when we were just using the iPhones. But last week, when to get rid of that bristling sound, when I went back to the Snowball, I used the desktop beta. And it, the last 15 minutes of the podcast, our audio was out of sync. Um, yeah. So... I don't think I still have that file. If I if I still have that audio file, I'll put in a clip right here of us being out of sync. Stop paying attention to the things that suck. And or the things. Pay attention that you're to really the things you're grateful for. 
Uh, Start that, there. I, I find that that also helps me to 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 motivate. Like yes. for example, I got back into photography. So basically, what happened was uh, Lamb would come in. I think it was a second and a half earlier than when he actually spoke. So sometimes we'd be talking over each other, or there'd be these weird awkward silences because it's when he <laughs> should have been talking like the time when i said oh did you see my picture of the snail and then it's just and then just silence <laughs> like lamb had no interest in what i was saying <laughs> or or one part where you're just laughing by yourself and then oh you, yeah and you say yeah, that was very strange <laughs> it's wonderful it just out of the blue or it was a, it was it was a wonderful and then it's just this weird awkward silence so that didn't work out too well. It actually took me about four and a half hours to edit last week's episode because I had to cut – I had to copy both of our um, – I had to copy the audio track and I had to go in and in one of them cut Lamb out and in the other one cut me out. And then anytime we overlapped, I had to cut that out completely and then try to find something that almost worked as a sequitur between the two. So there's, if you notice some weird logic gaps at the end of last week's episode, that's what it is. <laughs> it's not just our brains having logic gaps. It's actual <laughs> gaps that we had to fight our way through. And sometimes that's going to happen, you guys. It, you know, you just have to learn to roll with it, laugh at it. And this, this, everything that we're talking about today does not apply just to podcasts. The basic principles here apply to any creative art. You're going to screw up. You're going to have to work harder at editing something because it didn't work out. It replies to vlogs for sure. That happened to me so many times. I mean, the filming is easy when it comes to vlogs. Um, it's going to happen with writing. It's going to happen with painting. You know, sometimes you have to, like I did a painting the other day and I realized, oh, the left eyeball is about six millimeters higher than the other one. No wonder this face looks weird. And I had to take out the flesh tone and paint over the eyeball and repaint it. It's going to happen. So just be emotionally and, and mentally prepared for those things. Yeah, and I think that's probably the best lesson. And I'm so glad that we have each other uh, to support each other in this. Um, but I think that the, the best lesson is to, to just keep your head up um, about it and have a sense of humor about it. You're, you're so, not only are you not going to be perfect. I mean, Chad and I are almost 20 episodes deep now. And, and we still don't have it quite figured out, but we still enjoy it every single time. And I think that that's, that's a big part of it too. Plus, I, I think that the, a very underappreciated aspect of creativity, especially in the form that we're talking about, um, is definitely having a collaborator. Um, having a collaborator, most artistic people I know work in artistic teams, and there's a reason for that. Um, and I think that, you know, I, and, and Chad and I are definitely going to segue into this as this particular episode moves forward. Um, but doing solo stuff in a weird kind of way is a little more difficult. Um, so I think especially if you're either new to creative uh, new to creative endeavors or if you're looking to venture into a creative endeavor that you've never done before, having someone to do it with you is definitely very, very nice. As one of our favorite podcasts says, you've got to have a creative confidant. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the name of their podcast, the Creative Confidants. I'll put a link to the – check them out. Um, they, Great podcast, by the way, for anyone who hasn't heard it. Yeah, they kind of live in the same territory that we live in. Um, actually, the idea of focusing on one artist came from them. Uh, 
so it's that would be an interesting one. I think that there's a few artists that we both cover. Um, great guys, though. Um, Lamb, why don't you why don't you explain a little bit about uh, what's been going on with you? You, I've already put out my solo one. You've been having a little trouble, and explain the process, what you've learned. Um, yeah, it's interesting because um, obviously when you're when you're doing a a, a a solo podcast, you don't have another person to kind of freeform or bounce ideas off of. Um, so the responsibility the responsibility of of producing the content falls squarely on your shoulders. And although I I, I thought that would probably be the most difficult part of it going into producing a solo podcast, but that's by far the easiest part. Um, I, and it might be because, uh, Chad and I have had a significant amount of, of, of experience doing this now, um, in the form that we've done it, writing the, writing the content itself and producing the content, um, from a, a, a scripting standpoint, were actually remarkably easy. Um, the irony is I thought that we would have, or at least I would have the technical side of it down pretty quickly and easily, but that has turned out to be much, much more difficult. Um, and so for anyone out there who's who's starting this venture, I would suggest starting with the right tools. And I think for me, um, not having um, my Mac working with GarageBand fully functional is definitely a huge hindrance. So I've had to figure out uh, workarounds um, using my mobile devices in order to produce an episode. And I will say now that I'm glad that it, I've, I'm glad that I had difficulties because it's taught me um, that not only can I produce. Um, um, my episodes entirely on a mobile device, but I can actually make them sound decently good. Uh, so as of this week, my first episode will probably be ready either tonight or tomorrow. And uh, for anyone out there who's listening to this particular podcast, if you want to see how good a podcast can sound coming directly from a mobile device, um, my first episode will be completely produced, recorded, and um, combined, uh, because I have theme music and that kind of stuff as well, um, all produced directly from my mobile device and literally sp- specifically directly from my phone, uh, because I, I even had some, some challenges with my iPad. So pretty much the entire episode from head to toe was pr- including the music itself, by the way, uh, was produced 100% on my iPhone. You want to talk about the tools you used? Um, I actually ended up using a whole bunch of the standard built-in tools. Um, GarageBand became the ultimate tool um, for me. I love GarageBand now to a level that that I didn't quite understand it before. Um, now that I've had to rely on it so much to produce uh, the episode itself, um, I also used a program called Looper, L-O-P-P-R, uh, which is an app that allows me to loop sound. Um, that's something that, that is definitely very useful. Um, I suggest for anyone out there who is looking to use GarageBand for this particular purpose, take your time and go through the tutorials and or go through some tutorials on YouTube because there are a lot of powerful things you can do in the GarageBand app on your phone that are not necessarily intuitive. So having a sense of those things before you go into it may answer a whole bunch of questions that you will eventually have uh, without having to, to go through the difficulty of discovering the problem before you have the answer. And you use the, the Snowball, or, or did you say you haven't tried that yet? Um, I used a plug, a mic jack plug-in, like, um, I forget, oh, excuse me, um, I forget the name of it was, but it's a microphone that I use to plug straight into the, the audio jack. I have um, my lightning adapter with USB coming so I can try to record with a snowball on um, the next episode. Or if I really, really feel saucy and I want to re-record this episode, um, 
but as of now, I'm using a plug-in mic that I had from my old gaming days that seemed to work pretty well. Nice. And the uh, the thing that you made in Looper, did you do what we had talked about? Is it all voice? Um, I tried that. It sounded really silly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I may eventually still end up using it, but it's it's pretty silly. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know, uh, a good portion of my life was spent um, – in the musical world and um, for better or for worse, I have perfect pitch. So Chad had this wonderful idea um, of me just using my own voice to create a jingle uh, for my podcast. And although I, I have a weird place in my heart for it, um, it seems pretty silly and doesn't quite fit the tone of my podcast. So I may not end up using it, um, but I may just throw it in there as a bonus on the episode because it's hilarious. If you guys want to hear a really, it's, it's not exactly what we're talking about here, but a really um, close example of the idea that podcast that was huge. I mean, it's over now, but still probably huge is missing Richard Simmons. The song, the theme song for that is from the movie Swiss army man. And most of that, uh, soundtrack is all voice. Oh, I didn't know that. There's a few synths thrown in here and there. I think the part sure. that they use for the Richard Simmons thing has synth, um, but there's there's it's interesting. Basically, what we're saying here, guys, is you don't need fancy tools. You can figure stuff out. Um, you know, these guys made a soundtrack with just their voices. Um, other than GarageBand, also something I played with for a while that um, when editing on the phone that you guys might find useful is um, there's a company called Wooji Juice, W-O-O-J-I. They make an app called Ferrite. And that's that's pretty good um, audio editing. I actually like it a little bit more than GarageBand, but it does cost money, so GarageBand's free. Um, when I was editing, what else did I, is there anything else that I used that I can think? That was just Ringer and Ferrite. Okay, so Blue Snowball, uh, the Lightning adapter also that's important. You if you're gonna get it, you guys need to get the one that has the power plug-in as well. Mm-hmm. Because the phone and the iPad are not... Um, they don't have powered USB. Yeah, it's not, is it USB 3 that has the power? Um, USB 2 can as well. Um, it's just a, a specifically, um, it has to be powered or not powered, um, whether it's USB 2 or USB 3. Yeah, so basically what this plug gives, gives you on one end is the part that plugs into the iPad. And on the other end, there's a hole for the USB to plug in and a hole for a lightning connector. So you're bringing power in from the wall. Um, and that's, that's totally great because you're still charging the iPad at the same time. So, or iPhone. Um, so that's, that's something to look into. Um, there's a lot of things available if you're going to, Oh, one thing we should definitely cover something we played with a lot is how we hosted our files. Oh yeah, definitely. That was a heck of a journey. So, I mean, if, if there's, if there's a, a, a service out there that's uh, of any reasonable quality. We've tried it, um, and for for the most part, we've discovered both the pros and the cons of of many different um, avenues for recording and and uploading the podcast. Um, yeah, I think I think you've got to dive in on that one because you 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 spent much more painstaking time <laughs> figuring that out. Oh, for a while there it was just a nightmare. Um, let's see if I can even remember most of it. Uh, by the way, we're not maligning any business or um, service out there. This didn't uh, meet what we were looking for. 
Yeah, they all have their they all have their pros and their cons in their own ways. Um, some have their limitations when it comes to the number of episodes or the size of the files. Um, you know, some have have analytical uh, limitations. I mean, there's so so there's not there's not really a good or a bad. Um, even the one we're using now, I mean, Fireside is amazing, but there's still a couple of things that that both both Chad and I wish that we had access to, um, even from the Fireside um, service. Um, don't get me wrong, though, I, I will say that Fireside is, in comparison to the rest, way um, way better for our purposes. Um, so for whatever for so for whatever reason the the, the suite of features that comes along with uh, Fireside is definitely much more catered to what Chad and I are trying to accomplish. And I I just love the people at Fireside too. That helps. That They're helps, continually definitely. adding stuff, and it, I mean it's just it it's an all encompassed tool. I'll get into more what that means. Um, let me go through the process a little bit more. So Lamb and I had no idea what we we're doing. Like I said at the beginning. And I think originally what we tried to do was host the audio files. Um, okay, so actually I should back up a little bit. In order to get your podcast onto iTunes, which is kind of the most important place to be if you're a podcast, because most people say 90% of viewers come in through iTunes. In order to get it into iTunes, you have to have an RSS feed which anybody that uh, remembers Google Reader or follows um, blogs online, you know, what a, you know what Feedly is. You know what an RSS feed is. Um, for those of you who don't, it's just kind of a collaboration tool that puts content into a feed that people can, can subscribe to. So iTunes will subscribe to this RSS feed and pull content from it. And that's where the episodes are coming from. And this prevents you from having to do something insane like upload episodes to every different place, you know, all the different podcast services out there. If there wasn't an RSS feed, you would have to go and populate every episode in every one of those. So this makes you only have to do it in one place. But in order to have an RSS feed, first you have to have a place where the files live. Somewhere online where the files exist, kind of like images. If you've ever gone to Google Images and you want to copy an image, it's going to take the web address of where that image lives. Because that's where, you know, when people lose images in an article, it's because the person removed that from their site because that's where the image lived. Um, you have to do that with these audio files. So first we were doing it on Squarespace, which didn't work out very well if i remember correctly no not at all yeah uh, i can't remember what the problem there was i think we just had some issues with it communicating with uh itunes yeah so then my next the next thing i i did is i went into feed burner and i i don't remember why i went into feed burner but <laughs> I had to modify the RSS for some reason using FeedBurner. The reason I'm not going into a lot of detail on this stuff is, number one, you guys probably don't care that much. And number two, there's not much to learn because this is stuff you don't want to do. Yeah, this would be a nine-hour episode if we went through the, the minutia of every single solution that, that was attempted in the process. Right. Uh, next, we did SoundCloud. Yeah, um, which was okay, except it's, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's great if you want people to listen on SoundCloud and if you want people to check you out on Product Hunt, but it's not going to get you into iTunes because they don't provide an RSS feed. 
So I think uh, then we had we already had the SoundCloud. Then we had to figure out how to do this RSS feed thing, and then we went to Libsyn, L I B S Y N. Yeah. And I'll say this right now: Libsyn is, from what I've looked online, is the biggest podcast host. Um, people like Mark Marin use Libsyn. A, a lot of the top guys in the game use Libsyn. So Lamb and I decided, okay, let's trying to let's quit trying to piece this together. Let's go to the top tool. What is the top tool? So we went to Libsyn. And it, Libsyn is great with uh, a few caveats. Um, I would say one of my – and we'll see if you, if you have anything to add on this, Lamb. A couple of my problems with Libsyn was, number one, uh, they provide you with a website where your files exist but it looks like a website that was built in 1993 that's terrible it's terrible it's one of the ugliest things i've ever seen yeah it's not it's not pretty and i mean technically it's a free part of the service so it doesn't itunes is what matters um one thing that they had that was great they still have that um i don't think a lot of other people have other than soundcloud is that you can embed the player yeah so like when we would back when i actually had a facebook when i would post the episode on facebook it would put the player right in the facebook and people could listen to the podcast right in their feed that was pretty cool um and one of the other caveats i had with it was that it was um limited you had a certain file size for uh, not file size, but a, a certain file limitation for the level that you're paying. So the level we were paying, we were only allowed to use this many um, megabytes. And when you're doing an hour and a half show every week, you burn through that pretty quick. We didn't want to jump up to the next level because it was literally twice the price. And all we needed was like 5% more. Uh, so that, that kind of became an obstacle there for us. And we, we actually found ourselves near the end there having to put a timer so that our last episode fell shorter than the other ones, just so that we could fit into that allowance. Yeah. And I remember, you know, Chad and I would frantically text each other back and forth as we were getting close to the limit, just to make sure that we didn't exceed it. Um, and let me tell you, there's nothing more than that, that. There's nothing that will kill creative juices more quickly um, than having to take something that you're really enjoying doing and having to cut it off because of time limitations. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure artists and, you know, I, for some odd reason, stand up comedians pop to the front of the line uh, in my head when it comes to this. But time limits are part of the equation. I get that. But when you're doing something as free form and something as a stream of consciousness as we are on this podcast, you don't really want anything to limit that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that was definitely one of the, the, the limitations of Lipson. I mean, for me, the biggest thing that, that, that really annoyed me the most was the fact that the website was just so bad. That was, it was pretty much unusable. Um, and I think that it was because Lipson had the expectation that most of the people doing podcasts with them, um, would have their own external websites. And for the most part, that was true. Yeah. But I think, I think part of the reason why Fireside is such a great service is because for people like you and I, for example, I mean, I have a full-time job um, with a pretty nasty commute. So I'm pretty much working 
you know, 50, 60 hours a week. And I know for you, you've got a bunch of stuff that you're doing and a book that you're writing at the same time. So for certain types of people or certain types of artists, like I think you and I, where we have our artistic life and then we have um, our, our work life, um, having a one-stop shop makes it so that I think at least a whole lot more people who think that the process of doing a podcast is really daunting is really not. Um, and sure, there may be limitations to what you can do in Fireside. Like it's not the most powerful um, when it comes to the feature set or the tools, but it is the easiest and it is the most, the closest to a one-stop shop. Um, both Chad and I have found when it comes to 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 a website service that actually produces podcasts and all of the surrounding collateral um, in such a way that is useful. Yeah, I think. Um, okay, first of all, this is not an advertisement for Fireside. They're not paying <laughs> us. Uh, the, the reason we wanted to tell you the whole journey is we found something that works the way we want it to work, and they're adding stuff continually. Like. Uh, when it, when we started, Fireside didn't exist when we started. So let's go there. Fireside's made by Dan Benjamin from Back to Work, um, Five by Five, and it's really it provides everything in one place, but it also gives tools that other hosts don't. Um, for example, analytics. Um, Libsyn will give you the download number, but no breakdown. Um, in Fireside. Like actually, if I open it up right now, I could tell you that not only am I going to see how many episodes—I mean, uh, how many downloads I have per episode—but it's going to tell me where those downloads are coming from. And I don't mean your address. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> we'll leave that to the NSA. Um, sure. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so basically, what it'll give me so. Just a quick breakdown of what we go. When I go into the metric screen, they're going to tell me what are my all-time downloads. They're going to give me an average per episode downloads. And a lot of this, the reason they created this on the back end was because um, when people are going to get sponsors for their podcast, this is the kind of information that sponsors want to know. So when you're going to a sponsor, Dan Benjamin talks about a lot uh, in the last episode of Podcast Method. So if you want really good detailed stuff... I'll refer you to that podcast again. But, uh, you know, if I'm going to a sponsor and I say, hey, we have uh, 3,000 downloads average, and this is how much we had on the last one, this is our top episode, our lowest episode had this many downloads, they know what they're investing in when they put an ad on your – because they want a certain number of impressions, right? But then it's also going to tell me the breakdown of downloads um, per episode – and then it'll even if I go into those individual episodes, it's going to give me um, how how many downloads I had within like the first week, first sixty days. So you can see where your growth spurts are. So this is this is kind of interesting when you're trying to understand your audience. I look at this stuff a lot. Um, I can tell you that majority of you guys are on iOS. When when I say a majority. I mean, on the pie graph, you are the pie. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's one little piece cut out that's split between Mac OS, Android, which is the group is growing, other, and of course, I didn't notice this before. They even have a little part that tells you when something's a bot, um, which is kind of cool. 
but then so this this kind of gives you an understanding and it'll even show you um what clients these people are using so for example most of you are on overcast um if of all of our i mean of all of these it's 54 percent of you are on overcast and then 22 percent of you are on uh the apple podcasts app and then the rest of you guys are all over the place um this is all really good information. So this this is one of the things that Fireside gives that I love. Uh, when they started, one of the one of my things that I wanted was I wish this website because they give you a built-in website too, which is beautiful, um, great design, has buttons for all of the places where your podcast is available. Um, if you put any Amazon links into your show notes. You can have it automatically truncate to your Amazon Associates account. So if you get any traffic there, you can make a little bit of money. Um, it, there was a lot of stuff already built in that's a one-stop shop, but I was hesitant to use it as our main website uh, because there was no blog. And at the time, Lamb and I were under the illusion that we were going to blog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... I had mentioned that during the beta phase, and I don't know if it was specifically because of me or if a bunch of people requested it, but I think last week or the week before, they introduced blog into the format. So they're still building stuff on this. And uh, there's a lot I can say about Fireside. I'll just say if you're looking into podcasting, I'd start there. Because if you're not going to get what you want from them, then your needs are very, very specific. And, and I think I think in the long run too, it's there's there's something to be said for our needs being very very specific, and I think that that's the case pretty much with anyone who starts a podcast. Um, like I think for example, um, if you have, um, I, I think about Crystal and what she's trying to do with her business, and and how useful a blog would be to her. Um, so I think you know the one of the things that that Chad and I were under the illusion of when it comes to podcasting was that we would consistently produce blog posts that would funnel very, very well or fit very, very, very well with the episodes that we were producing. So we, for a while, had a, a publication on Medium. Um, and I definitely think that that's useful for a certain type of podcast for just not us. Um, so I definitely think that from that perspective, that tool would have been much more useful for that kind of, of, of podcaster in the long run as well. Right. And it's, I mean, once again, if you're just starting out, you don't know what your needs are yet. So you got to play around. You got to make. That's why mistakes. Um, this is what I end my personal podcast with. Um, what I want to talk about. I end it with this phrase every time: failure is not an option; it's a requirement. You you can't get better. You can't become what you wanted to become without failing, because those failures are how you understand your needs. Uh, you understand what tools are going to be useful. You understand what techniques are going to be useful by doing things that didn't work. It's, it's kind of like, you know, what they say about dating. You know, every person that you date, it's a, you learn, okay, that's something I don't want. That quality is something I do want. So that when you find somebody who has all those things, it's because of all the failed relationships before that you learned what you wanted. And it's, it's the same thing with tools and techniques. And we've definitely had that journey with our stuff, too. I mean, even to this day, um, from episode to episode, especially now that we're expanding the podcast, too, to include so many different types of episodes, 
um, we're continually learning from from our side what is useful and what's not and what tools we need and what avenues we need. I mean, more specifically, um, as we're moving forward here, what type of format um, makes the most sense for the different types of episodes and, and how useful those might be. So I think that's another lesson for anyone who's trying to start a podcast, too, is don't be too married to anything, um, especially when it comes to your format or even your 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 subject matter um, or anything like that. Don't be too married for it or don't be too married to it. Um, if you look at a lot of the successful podcasts or even a lot of the successful businesses in this world, uh, one of the things that defines most of the successful ones is their ability to pivot when they find something that really, really works. Um, and they have to have both the bravery and the self-awareness to take the turn towards that particular thing. Like with Chad and I, when we first started out, uh, most of our original episodes were much more akin to what you're hearing now, which is more of a technical episode about the tools and tactics and, and, and tips that we were using in order to make our technology work for us in a creative world. And as we evolved it into the, the format that we have now, where we have the many different types of episodes, uh, we definitely gave ourselves the, 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 the ability, or not the ability, but the freedom of, of mind to be able to create what we thought was best for our audience um, based on the feedback we got as well as based on the, the desires that both Chad and I had creatively as well. So um, that's definitely something that's very important for all of you to keep in mind, not just specifically towards podcasts, but just in general. Have the bravery to change if you need to change uh, because that's definitely a very big part of just being creative in general. That's a huge thing they talk about in the business world all the time. And it's no reason we shouldn't apply that to art and creativity is be ready to pivot. Because if you can't pivot to an opportunity or to the, the proper direction, you will sink. You will be gone. You'll be done. Um, because you, you, when it comes to creative things, pivot towards your creativity pivot towards where it's flowing because if you don't, it will wither and die. Yeah. Um, it, it's flow, right? You got to keep the pipes flowing. Sure. And another thing that's very important is do not be afraid to ask people who know better than you. Don't be ashamed to be the learner. Ask shamelessly. I mean, to this day, I would say that we're fairly experienced podcasters. Um, yeah. I'm still having this headphone issue where I have the weird echo because I had to use GarageBand to monitor because Skype won't let me. That's happening right now, right this second. And when we started this episode, I sent a, a tweet to Dan Benjamin and said, hey, do you uh, have any idea why I can't hear through Skype? And he's right now while we're recording this episode, He's uh, he doesn't have to do this. He's being very cool. He's kind of giving me advice on twitter right this second holy cow did he actually do that i remember uh, you were you were joking about whether or not he would actually do it during the episode he's a really nice guy i'm not surprised that's amazing um yeah he told me to monitor through the microphone but since i don't have a an output on my mic i can't do that he's he's slowly but surely becoming one of my real heroes in this world that guy's amazing if you yeah if you guys don't know who dan benjamin is we'll just We've plugged him throughout this whole episode, but I feel like uh, if you're going to do an episode about podcasting and um, especially the technical end, the logistical end, I don't know if there's anybody out there that can tell you more than Dan. Uh, he runs a podcast network. He created a podcast host. 
he is the host of like five different podcasts and he's been doing it for years. So possibly the most experienced person out there and just a really nice guy. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, do you know how long he's been in the podcast game for? No, which I feel like I should, but it's a pretty long time, at least as far as the podcasting world goes. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, let's see. Let me see. Oh, another piece of advice, too, for podcasters. If you're on a Mac, this is going to be easier. I'm sure you can find a way to do this on Windows if you need to. Have a messaging app open where you and your host can talk to each other while you're recording. And make sure that it's not the same app that you're recording in so that if you have problems, you won't have problems in both. <laughs> right. Like I have Skype open, but then I have iMessage open. And yeah, like, for example, mm -hmm. you guys probably heard there was a little bit of rubbing sound there on Lamb's end for a second. I sent him a text and just said, hey, we're getting a rubbing sound. Those little things that we don't need to do over the voice, that's what you're going to use that messaging app for. Or, hey, let's wrap it up soon. Or let's change topics. It depends on how professional you want to sound, right? And don't get me wrong, too. I mean, there's a certain sense of flow that you want with your show as well. So you don't want to constantly... Um, uh, because Chad and I are experienced enough in this now that when he sends me a message, for example, I can continue talking without letting it affect what I'm saying. Um, but for all of you out there who are inexperienced, trust me, that's really distracting. Um, get to the point where you have certain things like even even to this day, like Chad and I have certain cues, um, like the word Shazam, for example, is a word that we use uh, when we're getting excessive mic feedback or mic, mic noise that we don't want. So, you know, it's it's a very good idea to ahead of time establish a system um, of cues and signals and certain things that you want to avoid um, ahead of time um, so that when you're going into the episode, it gives you a much more freedom to not have to think about these things while you're doing them or to try to, a hunt, to hunt for a solution in real time while you're doing them. And uh, one thing that's really, really important that's probably underrated that people don't even think about this. Listen to your co-host talk. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot true. Of a lot of people just wait to talk, but listen to what the other person is saying. That's another reason you want to play with the messaging too much because it's kind of hard to read that and then listen to them talk at the same time. Um, but that's going to make the conversation better. If you're just waiting to put in your two cents, it's not as interesting. And I will say that part of what, um, you know, in all the people that, that I've, I've heard who have given me feedback about our podcast, um, regardless of the format or the episode, one of the things that they really, really like is that we ask each other questions. And I guess that's kind of a rare thing in the podcast world. Um, for the most part, people are literally doing what you're saying, which is just waiting for, for each other's turn to talk. Um, and I feel like we've definitely purposefully avoided that pretty much the entire time we've been doing this. So by the time we get to the end of each episode, there's definitely been a flow um, that can only really be established when two people are talking to each other versus talking at each other. Um, so I think that, you know, it, I, and I know that this sounds intuitive, um, but most people don't really treat it that way. Um, podcasts, especially in this form, are supposed to be a conversation. They're supposed to be, um, you know, two people sharing ideas and then asking each other about those ideas and getting a, a very strong back and forth. 
Um, solo podcasts, obviously, which Chad and I are both embarking on now, are a very different animal. And that's the format in which you can be a little bit more more um, preachy, I guess. I mean, preachy is the wrong word, um, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but in this type of format, I, I definitely have found that the podcasts that interest me the most are the ones where there's very clearly a give and take between the two different people talking or three or four in whatever case it may be. But there's definitely a, a sharing of information and, and, and a very solid back and forth. Right. One of the shows that I've just discovered recently that I have an enormous amount of respect for um, is Do By Friday. It's uh, one of Merlin Mann's other shows. Merlin Mann does back to work with Dan Benjamin um, is three people and they seem to rarely talk over each other. And that was one of the biggest obstacles uh, at the beginning of this show for us was it's easy to read people's visual cues and body language um, when you're in person to know when they're about to end something or, you know, to, in real life, I interrupt people a lot. It's We all do more than we realize. Um, so learning the different logistics there. And I think that's how the asking each other question thing really came about was, as certain, at least for me, uh, I'll have you respond to this too as, as well, Lam. Uh, for me, anytime I realize that I've, I, I feel like I'm going on for a long time, uh, in almost a monologue, I'll try to throw something over at Lamb to make sure that, you know, he knows I still want him to be part of this. <laughs> um, I feel like it's a little different for me um, in the sense that um, I'm just genuinely, because I, I feel like in a lot of ways you're a more accomplished artist than I am when it comes to how you've defined your artistic processes. Um, and not only that, but you've also achieved um, quite a few things that I think are remarkable when it comes to your creative work, such as, you know, I'm still to this day, I'm still fascinated by the vlog and how you continuously did that for 200 days. I, I still don't get that. Um, so for me, I think that there's there's just a genuine interest um, that I have in, in your brain. Um, and I know that this this is also something that sounds intuitive, but isn't always necessarily true is. Be kind of interested in the person you're talking to. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, it helps to also like them, by the way. Um, so, you know, be interested in the person you're talking to. Um, liking them is definitely a plus, but not always a requirement, by the way. I've done a few interviews journalistically where I haven't necessarily liked the person that much, but I had a healthy respect for what they've done or what they've achieved. Um, so, so being genuinely interested definitely helps that back and forth. Um, I ask you questions because I genuinely want to know the answer. And I think for me, part of um, going into most of these episodes, especially these mid episodes is I have questions that I already want to know the answers to from you before we, we even start talking. Um, and even for the artistic pro or the creative profile, um, episodes, I definitely have certain things that I know. Um, you know, Chad and I have defined our, our research processes uh, as being a little different when it comes to the respective artists that we profile. Um, so there are definitely things that I know Chad will focus on more than me. And so because of that, I'm very curious as to what he's going to find that I haven't found. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely something. There's a rhythm that you get into with a podcast that becomes very, very important to how you continually communicate. And I think that 
you have to be aware of those things as a podcaster. If you're doing a podcast with multiple people, you're going to start to get a flow. And the more you can recognize how that flow works, the smoother your episodes become and the more interesting they can become if you treat that flow correctly. Like, for example, I know that I want to know certain things um, from from Chad every other episode. So in these mid-episodes, there are certain questions that I'm continually going to ask him because I know that there are things he's constantly working on. So pay attention to your partner, I guess. Um, you know, like in any relationship, the more you can have a, a reciprocal give and take, the, the better off everybody is. It, it, use that difference between the two of you, you know, your difference of outlook in the world, no matter what, there's always going to be a difference between two people. That difference, that's your strength. That's your show. People don't, if it's two person podcast, they don't come in to listen to Chad. They don't come in to listen to lamb. They come in to listen to the two of us talk to each other. Geez, how boring would our podcast be if we were both exactly the same? And yeah, I mean, I, I hear that from almost anyone who's listened to the podcast too, is they love our conversations, not what you're saying or what I'm saying, but what that, the fact that we're having a conversation about it. And that, that's what makes it fun for us too. And that's a, the number one tip that I will give you on any creative adventure. Enjoy yourself. If you're not enjoying yourself, don't bother. Literally, do not bother. Because there's other things you could be doing. If it doesn't bring you some kind of enjoyment and excitement, then it's the wrong thing. I look well, that. Go ahead. Not only that, but here's 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 the other interesting side of it. And and I, I love to throw these out there because they seem they seem counterintuitive. But just because it's a good idea doesn't mean you care enough to do it. <laughs> right. And that's the other thing, too, is, is um, both Chad and I have discovered, like, for example, it would be a great idea for us to do supplementary blog entries um, <laughs> that, 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 that would go along with our episodes. But we just don't care enough. We just don't care enough. About and the so blog, for, not about, yeah, the, about the blog. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, that's, that's an important distinction. It's, it's not that we don't care about the episodes or the subjects. We just don't care to blog enough. And so this is the reason why we're doing these mid episodes is because what we did discover that we cared about a lot is talking to each other about these things. So the conversations themselves have become a very important part of not just my creative life, but just my life in general. So now we're doing more episodes to supplement the episodes we already have, because this is what we really, really love to do. This is what we're genuinely good at. And this is at least from an artistic perspective, the, the best way for both Chad and I to get out our creative voices right now. And that's, that's great. It's, it's great that we've discovered that but it did definitely take a while to discover that. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up because that is a beautiful distinction right there. I think the it's easy to get those things confused. You know, it's like, I like doing a podcast, therefore I should do this and I should do this and I should do this. But if I don't want to do those things, it means I don't like podcasting. That's not true. Blogging and podcasting are two different things. Um, there's a lot of, you know, you have limited energy limited time. We all have limitations of some sort, right? So for us, we would always want to do these blog entries because it seemed like a good idea, but we weren't into it like we are into podcasting. And it took us a while to wake up to it. But then eventually we said, why would we write it when we can just make another episode? 
you know, I, I want to get to the point, like we've talked about it, we're doing this weekly, but maybe every once in a while we pop in with a bonus episode because we have something we want to talk about and we don't want to wait till next time. You know, I, I like that spontaneous nature of it, but focusing all our energy on the thing that makes us want to be spontaneous, the thing that makes us want to create. And that's, that's, I think that's what led us both to doing our individual podcasts as well was this realization of like, oh, there are things that I want to express that I can't do on this show. Why wouldn't, oh, I like podcasting. What if I do a podcast where I talk about those things? And by the way, the once you get the entry point done, everything else is easy. Um, what I mean by that is the first podcast is by far the hardest, by far the hardest. It is way difficult to start in the podcasting world. But once you start in the podcasting world, everything you do past that point is much, much easier. So for all of you out there who are just running into the wall that is the daunting process of putting together your first podcast don't worry it gets way easier after that <laughs> um, not only does it get easier but it, it, if you treat it smartly enough um, it becomes a lot more fun um, and I think that that's something that that both Chad and I kind of you know the the, the probably the most the most dumb moment I've had in the past three or four months of my life is, is last week when you said, why wouldn't we just podcast it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when it came to the blog entries, it, it, it seems so intuitive now. Um, but I remember when you said it to me, my, my first reaction was, duh, why did I not think of that for the year and a half that we've been doing this? That why wouldn't we just podcast it, you know? And that's the tunnel vision you get sometimes, right? That's why it's important, like I said, to enjoy it and have fun. Because if you're enjoying it and having fun, you're more likely to see your peripheral vision. You won't get that tunnel. Um, it's 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 a journey. It's just like every creative journey. You're gonna like we've said many many times in this episode and many many times on this show. You're gonna fail. You're gonna learn, and that's what you want. That's what you want to do. But don't ever let not having the quote-unquote right tools prevent you from starting. Um, Lamb and I talked about this last week. Uh, he, you know, what, what logo is he going to use for his show? I said, well, whatever you got, start with that, change it later. That's that's what we did with this show. Uh, our amazing logo was made by our good friend Drew Roulette, amazing artist, but. He was, uh, was he in Costa Rica? He went on some retreat in Costa Rica <laughs> Yeah. when we started. So we didn't have the logo yet because he wasn't even in the country. So I just made this crappy, horrible, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes because I just found out that I can put um, pictures in our show notes and they'll show up in the podcast apps man i i love you to death dude but that thing was horrible <laughs> it was it wasn't supposed to last more than one episode that we assumed no one was going to listen to right Jeez, yeah true uh so i just made something i put it up whatever we went with it we finally got our other one um i don't know how far we went in before we got the theme song did we have it from the beginning I think we did have it from the beginning um, because Giovanni was pretty jazzed about it and did it very quickly. Yeah, very quick. Basically, he said – I I hit up our friend Giovanni, very talented producer. The, the, 
Um, the links for both of these guys are always in the show notes because we're eternally grateful for them. Um, but I, I hit him up. I said, Hey, would you mind just making me a little short little thing? And he said, no, I want to collaborate with you. He didn't want to just pump something out. He wanted to actually, I thought that was like the coolest thing where, so I just, uh, threw together some little random guitar pieces and then he started editing those together into what is our theme song uh and then he asked me can you howl like a wolf and so that the wolf howl you'll hear that you hear in every episode that's me um and then after he gave it to me um i went in and i recorded with my voice you know this is random badassery and then i just knocked it down like two octaves so that I sounded really cool. I'm still shocked at how good that thing sounds. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I think, I think you guys did a phenomenal job of producing it, but like every time I hear it, I still, I still am shocked by how good it, it came out. It's amazing. Yeah. I recently, I just snipped the intro to shorter and it was the hardest thing I've had to do. I just realized it was too long for the intro that you guys had to wait too long for the show to start. So I cut it off earlier, but cutting off half that song, oh, that hurt because I love it. Yeah, it sounds so good. And and there's it, it, there's a weird amount of you in it <laughs> that very few people will ever realize. Yeah, like almost funny. every almost every noise that's produced in that 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 theme song comes from you in some way. So. Well, other than the beats and the yeah. synths and the organ, which the sure, organ sure. is actually my favorite part. Yeah, it, it it's really really cool. And but you guys don't need to, I mean, if you're lucky enough to have a very talented friend who will give you something, but you don't need to do that. Um, my solo podcast, um, much like what Lamb said, we made the theme songs for our solo podcast ourselves. Yep. I did it on a phone and I have three different versions of it. So it's definitely possible. <laughs> Mine is, uh, I used GarageBand. Yep. I, I figured you did. I was going to ask you. I, I still haven't asked you how you came up with that theme song, but I assumed that it was GarageBand. <laughs> and I don't have a MIDI keyboard, so I literally used the typing keyboard as my keyboard. Found nice. found the instrument sound I wanted and just pounded on the keys for about 20 minutes until I found a piece. And I'm like, there's it. That's it. All right. And then that's my theme song. By the way, this is a very important thing that I want to bring up concerning um, producing podcasts too as well. Um, is that if you're, if just because you're producing a podcast with a partner doesn't mean that you're married to just doing that podcast. Um, like both Chad and I finally came to the realization that our solo podcast would be just as necessary and important to us as people, um, as the, the, as random badassery is. So have the confidence to talk to your partner about potentially doing a solo project as well. And don't feel bad about wanting to do that. Um, right. you know, don't feel bad about wanting to produce something that's purely your own, because if you treat it the right way and you give it the amount of care and love that it deserves, it will only make your team podcast much, much better. Right. And it's, there's no podcasts in the world. Okay. I shouldn't say that. So definitively, I don't think there's any podcasts in the world where every podcaster that's on that show gets to say everything they want to say. Not a chance. I mean, even between us, how much of what our artist profiles are left on the table after every single episode? Right. This is the first episode where you've mentioned that you can sing. 
Ah, they, strangely. <laughs> We've been doing this for 20 straight episodes, and that's the first time I've ever said it. Well, and even I, longer I am, than that. You didn't mention it in the old ones either. And I imagine very few people know that you used to play guitar every single day. Yeah. yeah. My, going back to making music for yourself, I used to write a new theme song every day for my vlog. Uh, I didn't do it all 200 days. I think I only did it for the first 60 days. Still a lot of that's that's still a pretty impressive feat. And so considering that our podcast is about creativity, um, there's a, a weird irony that we never stated two of the things that are most important to us when it comes to our creative lives. <laughs> but that just goes to illustrate how much ground you can cover with another person, but also how little how little or how many things you can miss because of the amount of things that you can cover. Um, I find that doing a team podcast with Chad, for example, creates a very specific focus for what I want to talk about. Um, but obviously in the, in, in, in the process of producing that, um, we, we run on these tangents or we run on these streams of consciousness that you share with the other person that then naturally just excludes the things that you wanted to talk about because now it's collaborative. It's a shared experience. You know what I mean? So the, I guess the, the overall, the overall thing that I want to get across is do not be scared to do your own solo projects. Do not be scared to, to talk to your creative partner about what that may mean for you producing on your own and, and feel free to produce something that is as, as similar or different to the, the, the show that you're producing with your partner as possible. You know, maybe it's just a place for an information dump on things that you found interesting about the subject that you could cover. Or maybe in Chatterai's case, for example, it's something completely different from the podcast that we're doing together. Right. And these solo podcasts, uh, there's there's a synergy there. The, the solo podcast is is a way to bring a new audience, new attention to your team podcast. And a team podcast is a way to bring attention to your solo podcast. You know, you're going to you're going to create a a loop there, a feedback loop. For example, Lamb's podcast is going to be about golf. There's probably not a huge percentage of people that want to listen to golf that are interested in what we talk about here. But there is a percentage of those people, and those people can come into this and check this out. And maybe even more rare, you'll find somebody who likes Lamb's golf podcast, likes this podcast, and maybe likes mine. And then do that cycle the opposite direction. Someone who comes into my solo podcast, comes over to this, likes this, maybe also likes to golf. Boom. Yeah, our our friend John is actually a good example of that. He he kind of likes all three. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or Giovanni. Yeah, true. Yeah. So these these limitations are basically there's there's two kinds of limitations. There's the kind of limitations that force you to create that that push you, you know, like you're the toothpaste coming out of the tube. It forces you out. But then there's the kind that keep the cap on. Mm -hmm. Don't give in to the ones that keep the cap on. Um, also, one quick thing to before I forget, I just put out a vlog yesterday. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes because I just realized uh, I show my podcast set up in that video. So oh, nice. If you guys are interested in that, you can check that out or you could just see my quickie little I mean, uh, vlogs that I make on my phone now. 
And and I still have that image of um, me setting up on mine too. So I, I I will send that to you to put in the show notes as well. I have a feeling our setups are kind of similar, I guess. Um, but I, I I know that you have the the hanger with the little uh, wind um, the windscreen on it. So that's different from mine. Okay. Well, we've gone a little bit. Sorry, that made it sound like I didn't care what you were just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just no, but I get it though. I was I mean, looking running, at the clock. We're, we're running pretty long, so yeah, we we should probably find a way to wrap this soon. I mean, we could probably talk about setting up, running, and producing a podcast for the next four hours. Oh yeah. So I mean, to to really wrap this up, um, check out my podcast. It's called What I Want to Talk About. I'll put a link to it below. Lamb's podcast, uh, the No Bad Pars cast. That's so what you're calling it, right? Yeah, it's going to be called no. Actually, it's just going to be called no bad pars. It's probably okay. the smartest way to do it. Yeah, no bad pars. That's coming mm-hmm. hopefully today or tomorrow, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I, I it's not done now. I can't put in the show notes, but when he's done, I can add it to the show notes and it'll update. So if you want to check it out and it's not there when you look, check back in a day or two in the show notes for this episode and it'll be there, or you can just. Go to the randombadassery.com um, and check it out there. Yeah. Uh, and there was something else I wanted to tell you guys that I totally forgot. Lamb, do you have anything you want to throw in? Um, I guess for, for me, it's just the, the wrap-up of what we talked about, which is, um, you know, I, I had it down to three very important things um, when it comes to podcasting. Uh, number one is, um, don't be afraid to, to find, um, don't let the process of initially setting up a podcast scare you. Um, point number two would be to make sure that you, if you can find a creative partner, because that definitely makes things a lot easier, uh, when it comes to finding a voice and producing a podcast that makes sense for you. Um, and the last thing is to not be afraid to produce your own solo work, um, because it will never hurt and will almost always help your collaborative work. And I, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it's a, kind of a little bit different, um, than our normal episodes. If you can even use that word with this show, uh, it's, it's just something we felt we needed to do something, some ground that we needed to cover. If this is your first time listening and this isn't your thing, uh, I'd be surprised you made it to the end here. So I might be wasting my time, but, um, the next episode that we're going to do, which is next week, uh, is our new format, uh, the inspiration episode. So Lamb and I are both going to be grabbing a quote that we find valuable. We're going to bring that, present it to each other. We're going to talk about it and hope to bring you guys some value from something that's bringing us value. And knowing Lamb and I, some other things we'll squeeze into that episode that probably don't relate because that's the way we roll. Random and badass. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Um, And then in two weeks... Oh, two weeks, whatever. We'll take a week off after that episode, and then we'll be back with our episode on Bjork, and then the cycle will repeat, except different. New cycle. <laughs> new cycle repeat. The new cycle will start rolling. How's that? Um, and just as a, I had to learn, here's another great tip. Don't be afraid to ask people to hit the subscribe button on your podcast. Don't 
be ashamed to ask them to share the episodes on their social media or to text it to friends. Don't be afraid or ashamed to ask people to go into iTunes and rate and review your podcast. Or even hit the star recommend button in the Overcast app or whatever podcast app they're using if there's a like feature. Don't be afraid or ashamed to do those things. Lamb and I were ashamed and afraid to do those things for over a year. And our podcast didn't grow very much because we never asked. If you're bringing people value, then they'll be willing to do those things for you. And there's nothing wrong with asking people. If you don't ask, you don't receive. And especially if you're proud of it, um, like we are. Um, and I think that's the, I think that the, the, to, to more specifically, um, define the shame thing, it's that you feel, you feel bad asking your friends to do, to, to do a favor for you. But if they care about you and if, if you value what you're doing, then they should happily do it. Um, and both Chad and I are very proud of the podcast. So treat it with a level of reverence that it deserves. You know, like you produce something that you really, really like and you're really happy with. So share it with the world. And, this is a really long episode. Um, one more thing, too, that totally reminds me. <laughs> Don't be butthurt that all of your friends are not going to be into your show. Oh, that's important. Yeah, totally. Doesn't mean they don't like you. They might. There's many, many reasons why they might not listen to your show. They might not have time. They might not like podcasts. They might not like the subject matter that they cover, that you cover. There's a lot of reasons. Don't expect that of people. Um, or when you ask your friends to, you know, I sent out a huge um, text message to a bunch of our friends and said, please rate and review us on iTunes. I probably got a 5 to 10% response on that. Everybody else just kind of didn't do it. Okay, that's fine. You know, the... That's a, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you go in with that expectation, it's going to happen. You're going to be hurt over and over again. You're not doing it for that. You're doing this because you enjoy it or you should be. So, uh, and because we're not ashamed, please subscribe. Please share this episode. <laughs> please rate and review us on iTunes. Honestly, we need more iTunes reviews because we don't even rank in the top 150 and we're kicking butt on overcast. So all you guys who are hitting the star button for these episodes on overcast, we're up there in overcast with the big guys with like fresh air in the arts category, which is huge. So thank you to all you guys on overcast. If you really love us and you're starring us on overcast, if you could go over and do it in iTunes as well, Huge, huge help. Um, I'm done. Lamb, you got anything? Yep, that's pretty much it for me. We love you guys. <laughs>